Okay then. Good evening. It always seems like a long time between visits. It could be the short-term memory loss, or the long-term memory loss, or just yeah, just generally. But uh, I won't be here next month, so uh, that's unfortunate. Um, but I'm here now, more or less, you know. As I was telling Max, it's been a very stressful week this week with a lot of baseball. It's been very, you know, stressful. Fortunately, most of it has been successful for my teams, except for the A's, but uh, they, we, they made us proud <clears throat> for those who care about those things. I, I was reading something online today about how you know, they, they did re- research into what uh, Republicans and Democrats' t- TV shows they watched. Did anybody see this? Guess what the main thing Republicans watch? Golf. <laughs> really blew it for me. I mean, it just makes me look really bad because, you know, <laughs> I'm not a Republican. <clears throat> You know, I need a bike. But it turned out like Democrats watch the NBA and Republicans watch college basketball. I, I, I don't know. What do we learn from these things? Nothing. But I'd rather read that than actual, like, information that makes me worry about the world, like, you know, global warming and stuff like that. Give me stupid statistics anytime. It's stupid petrics, you know, anything stupid. So, uh, yeah. Um, How many people are here for the first time at this group, for this group? Oh, God, look at that. Wow. I guess I ought to straighten out my act then, you know, <laughs> try to be a little more professional. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, um, I'm feeling a little like John Stewart. You know, he's got, always got the paper. It's like, yeah. Okay. But I'm not as funny as him. That's the only problem. So anyway, if I meditate, maybe then that'll be better. But we are going to meditate. I just want you to know I just I have to unwind a little bit before we meditate. Um, pretend you're a Buddhist teacher. Pretend I'm a Buddhist teacher. <laughs> I have no feelings. I have no self. I'm just empty. Free. Bullshit. Okay. Um, or as my daughter would say, bullshit. <laughs> okay. So this is the Dharma and Recovery group, as you may know, and uh, and I'm Kevin Griffin, and uh, we uh, will sit for about a half an hour with meditation, and I'll give some uh, instruction on meditation, and then. Uh, have time for questions, and a little break, and then a talk, and more questions. And then we can finally go home. It's Friday night. I don't know what you're doing here. Um, but I, uh, I usually try to talk about the step that, uh, of the month. You know, each month we got 12 months, 12 steps makes it easy uh, on your scorecard. So I'm going to talk some about step 10 tonight, which is just... The good thing about it, for me, <laughs> is that I'm actually working on a, a new book, and I was just working on Step 10 the last couple of days, so I might have something to say about it, which would be nice. Um, so I, I welcome you new people. Um, this is a special place, I think, and uh, there's a lot that Spirit Rock offers. So, um, you know, besides the Dharma and Recovery Group, there are many opportunities for learning meditation and for exploring really different um, aspects of spiritual life and spiritual practice. So we'll talk a little bit about that stuff, some of the other events coming up and, uh, and more later. So let's uh, begin and uh, just by settling into a comfortable posture. We try to find a balance between being relaxed and still being quite alert. So, really being aware as you're sitting, 
of either a tendency to get restless and tense or else to get dull and sleepy. So trying to maintain that balance. Beginning by gently closing your eyes. If you're not comfortable closing your eyes, you can just lower your gaze. And as we close our eyes, our world changes right away because our perceptual field changes. It's natural for our other senses to become sharper when we close our eyes. So we feel the body, we notice sounds. It's helpful to start a period of meditation with some conscious relaxation and just consciously bringing the attention into the body to ground yourself in the present moment and to settle in. So you might relax the muscles in the face, let the jaw release. Soften, relax the small muscles around the eyes and the forehead. Right away you may discover that there's a whole range of sensations in your face that you don't ordinarily pay attention to or notice. Moving the attention through the neck and the shoulders. Again, having a sense of relaxing, of softening. Feeling the arms and the hands. All the energies of life moving through us. Appearing as sensations. Soften the belly. Let the belly be very relaxed. You have a sense of the breath going deeply into the body. The chest open. Relaxing through the hips, the pelvis. And the legs and feet. Having a sense of being connected to the earth.
Now, feeling the whole body as a single object, sitting here, stable, solid. The sense of being unmovable, as though rooted in the earth. Now bringing the attention to the sensations of breath. Just feeling the body breathing. As the movement of the breath the sensations of air passing in and out at the nostrils. The feeling of the belly rising and falling with each breath. Letting the attention now move to a single point or to a spot where you can feel the breath most easily, either at the nostrils or the belly. Letting that become the focus of your attention. You might still be aware of the body and of sounds around you but just letting the breath be your primary anchor for your attention. natural for the mind to wander (coughs) when we try to pay attention to the breath. When we realize we're caught up in thought, just acknowledge that. It's not a mistake. or really a problem, just something to notice. And then gently come back to the breath. Settle back. Again, connecting with the sensations. Connecting with the body.
if we can just let thoughts come and go without judging ourselves, getting caught up in a conflict with our own mind. Just see that thinking is happening. And we can bring a quality of ease to our practice. Sometimes the mind will become settled with the breath and sometimes not. We don't really control that. We just do our part. Making an effort that's not driven by grasping or craving to do it right. Just an engaged awareness. Starting to notice how the mind is drawn to particular topics the themes that really hook you. The thoughts that trigger emotions. You might start to notice how intimately thoughts and emotions are connected. So when there's some disturbing, agitating thought, you might notice how that feels in the body as a tension or a heaviness. Energy of anxiety, the dullness of sorrow, grief. But again, trying to be with the body as much as you can. The breath is an entryway into that awareness, a good anchor. But the greater awareness of the body also helps us to stay with our moment-to-moment experience.
if the mind gets dull or the body starts to slump, you might open the eyes, perhaps just strengthen the posture a bit, just to stay more bright, more alert. It's easy to slip into a kind of fog. It can seem pleasant, but actually is not mindful.
So <clears throat> just want to see if there are any questions about uh, meditation, about <coughs> the instructions or your own experience or any difficulties you might have had. Yes. So, I got a question. Mm-hmm. And um, my question is, I've been practicing for a little while, mm. and I'm interested in the difference between what happens in the beginning of meditation where the instructions are something like take a deep breath, settle in, and the difference and the kind of nuance between like just like raw, this is what it is, and then relaxing into as an instruction. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say that um, when you talk about relaxing into into just the raw experience. Um, and and I would say that that's a that's um, not exactly a goal, but it's kind of a a a way of practicing, or and an, you could say a more organic way of practicing than just kind of trying to be with the breath and make a mental note of things. And, um, but in order to kind of rest in that kind of effortless place, there needs to be already a certain amount of stability in the mind. So, and that comes through the more formal practice. So you kind of have to lay the groundwork for that. Which is like deep breaths and stuff? Well, not necessarily deep breaths, but... So what... You can say that there are kind of the three components of meditation practice as as certainly as um, described in the Eightfold Path are effort, mindfulness, and concentration. So they, the way we teach meditation at Spirit Rock and other insight meditation centers is that we try to kind of um, give people a way of working with all three of those elements at once. So when you say, come back to the breath and just use the breath as a concentration object, we're talking about the concentration. We're talking about effort. The effort is to bring it back. And then the concentration is just being with the single thing. Mindfulness is the direct experience of whatever's happening, which could be just awareness of the breath. But what you're talking about is that more open mindfulness that's just kind of seeing everything come and go, and you're kind of not being disturbed by it. You're just kind of being very present and open, kind of like watching the clouds, you know, go through the sky. Um, There are different approaches to that. Some teachers will emphasize just concentration for a while. Don't try to be mindful in, in this more open way. Just keep coming back to the breath until you get stabilized enough that you can open up. The, and then the, uh, but the other approach is to kind of blend all the elements at the same time. Now, I think that in either case, there's this frustration element, which it sounds like you're expressing. And the frustration that most people feel in meditation, particularly as they're early on in a practice, so that they haven't had an experience of going really deep and just hanging out in that kind of place. That frustration is because of a lack of concentration. And concentra- the thing about concentration is that it requires time, and it requires stillness and basically silence or, you know, a place where you're... And so this is what, you know, this is exactly the instructions kind of the Buddha gave to do, to just separate yourself from the world and, and allow this to develop. Of course, we live in a culture that 
is not really interested in waiting for anything. And we kind of, and as addicts, of course, we have maybe even less capacity for patience um, and for waiting for the good stuff to come. You know. So there's, but unfortunately with meditation, there's really no getting around that. Some people, a select few, I'm not one of them, <laughs> are gifted with an ability to just get quiet. Uh, but most of us, it really takes time and, and effort. Um, and it, it's somewhat mysterious how it unfolds. So that's one of the ways that I talk about the steps in relation to meditation is to say that we're kind of powerless over how our meditation unfolds. You know, that we turn it over to the process or turn it over to the effort and the mindfulness and concentration, and then we trust in the results, you know, uh, which, as I say, are not always what we want them to be. Uh, to develop concentration to any significant level, most people have to go on some kind of a silent or essentially silent meditation retreat. And that's one of the main purposes in meditation retreats, is to create that si silence, to create that concentration that then allows the mindfulness to really open up. And then, you know, the, the other name for this practice, insight meditation, that tends to come out of that deeper place of, of stillness and silence, that intuitive wisdom. Uh, so, you know, there is no real shortcut. But I would say that the most important thing for us, especially in our daily practice, is to let go of expectations and let go of judgments. As much as you can accept what happens and not judge yourself and think that there's something wrong with your practice and understand that this is just normal, then you get the most benefit out of it. Whether you're really feeling quiet or not, it's not as disturbing. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I'm in my daily practice, I'm often quite distracted and my mind wanders a lot, but I've learned to not be bothered by it as I was when I first started to practice when I was very impatient, like this isn't right, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I read about these experiences and these, you know, I, I get it, you know, that's what's supposed to be happening and it's not happening. And so there was this conflict with what was happening. It's like, this is what's happening and I don't like it. Well, that right away is a setup. That's not going to Im improve the meditation experience. It's as much as you can to just say, this is what's happening. Don't like it, but I'll accept it. There's actually more possibility than of just an easefulness coming out of it. The, the last thing I'll say is that in terms of having a feeling that not, maybe you didn't say this exactly, but just sometimes people get this feeling that, that there's nothing happening in the meditation. Like I'm sitting down and I'm taking the time, but it doesn't seem like I'm meditating. It doesn't seem like I'm getting anywhere. To just notice how you feel at the end of a meditation period as compared to how you feel at the beginning. And for most of the time, no matter what goes on during that time, if you sit still and are just... Try, try to come back to the breath and manage to do that a few times, you'll feel better, you'll feel more relaxed, even though it'd be like, well, I didn't get what I wanted or thought I was going to get. But usually, nonetheless, we feel better. So if you can at least take comfort in that, in that uh, appreciation for that. Okay, thanks for the question. Anybody else want to get extensively answered? You're po were you pointing there, Michael? Or? I was just waving at my. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe you can. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, so if I understood part of what you said <laughs> is that um, if you continue to practice concentration, bringing your mindfulness back to the breath, no matter how many times your mind wanders, eventually you will develop better 
concentration which will more concentration which will allow you to then open up to this other experience of mindfulness. Um, and he suggested that to really develop that, people usually have to go on retreat. If you are unwilling or unable to go on retreat, um, what, like I meditate in the morning, but I was noticing because I was in a room, in a guided meditation, that where I would normally get up and wander off and do something else, mm -hmm. <laughs> because my mind is too busy, uh -huh. that, so, as a daily practice of meditation, um, what would you suggest as being a, a sufficient amount of time to break through mm. that into this other level of mindfulness? Well, that's a little bit of a, a, a there isn't a real answer to that because, again, it, it really depends depends on the individual, but I mean, I'll talk I'll I'll, I'll talk about that a, a bit, uh, um, but but I want to make something else clear before we go forward with this, which is that the ex the experience we have during meditation is only one of the benefits that comes from mindfulness, and certainly only one of the benefits that comes from Buddhist practice and of course you know recovery has a whole other bunch of great things that come with it so I, I, I think that it's important just to recognize that that uh, meditation is not the whole of the Buddhist path by any means um, and to not get too caught up in um, judging our meditation in fact the Dalai Lama was asked once about uh, trying to measure our progress as meditators, and he said it's best not to think about that. But if you must, uh, look back over a five or ten year period to see if you can see any progress. So if you haven't been meditating for five years at least, according to the Dalai Lama, it's not really worth judging your progress um, and and it's kind of like recovery I mean you know how you know they say to, if you kill yourself in the first five years you killed the wrong person or something like that you know you, there's you know spiritual development and spiritual transformation takes time you know uh, so it's not really about how much time you meditate each day it's really what they call in Zen the long enduring mind and again, this is so much like recovery. It's not like, oh yeah, work all the steps in the first 30 days and then you'll really have it together. I don't care if you work them all in the first 10 minutes. You know, it's not going to change. You know, it's, you're going to have to go through years of change and transformation before your recovery really takes root and before you become the person you are supposed to be. Um, In practical terms, you know, generally there's sort of an understanding that 20 minutes is a baseline for uh, changes to start to happen during meditation. And I think some of that's even been measured with fMRIs and all that, kind of seeing that the brain waves start to change 20 minutes. Um, and then from there. So, um, you know, one of my teachers, Ayakema, she teaches these deep concentration practices, which I've had the good fortune to work with some, somewhat. And remember that I've been practicing, doing this practice for over 30 years, so I have a little bit of experience with it. Um, and I didn't start to do those practices until I'd been practicing for 15 years. In any case, she says, in order to maintain those states, you should practice two hours a day. You know, I understand the Dalai Lama meditates for four hours before he has breakfast. You know, so it's all, you know, it's, but 20 minutes is a good start. You know? <laughs> so, 
And having said that, you know, James Barris, who's one of the Spirit Rock teachers and who teaches in Berkeley every Thursday night, I think one of the things he noticed is that people used the, it, this, this idea that you had to meditate for a certain amount of time to make it worthwhile as an excuse not to meditate. Mm-hmm. You know? And so what he says is just sit down. You know, sit on your cushion or in your meditation spot. That's your commitment. He says, and he says that's what his commitment is. Sometimes he goes through the day and he can't find any time to meditate, so before he goes to bed, he sits on his cushion, takes three breaths, and then goes to bed. I like that because it, you know, it's because it points to the idea that it's that one day at a time, right? It's that stick with it. It's, it's not an all-or-nothing practice. It's not like it's got to happen fast. It's just, it's your long-term commitment that will be the most valuable for you. So, thank you. Those are good questions. So, let's take a little break. And, um, you know, if you are sitting beside someone you don't know, please introduce yourself. We, presumably, everybody here has a certain interest, besides Buddhism, of recovery. So, uh, get to know each other and... Um, We'll ring a bell in about 10 minutes or so and come back for some more talk. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.